0: Hey everyone, I'm Anthony Jambroni. Welcome to Storied Cities, a podcast where we explore the stories our cities tell and the stories we tell about our cities. Thanks so much for making your way back to us this week. If this is your first time listening in, Storied Cities we sit and chat with people from across the vocational spectrum who are learning to love the places they live and the people that reside within them. Because ultimately, that's how we foster new narratives, new plot lines, and new stories about our cities. The church is a powerful
1: force in the earth that I firmly believe, if harnessed well, we can break the back of poverty in all realms because there's relational poverty there's poverty of self there's poverty of resource you know materials if we can't do it anthony we might as well just all go get in a room and wait for jesus to come
0: so today we're having a conversation with a woman named patricia Nyamba. She is a wife. She's a mom of two. She lives on the east side of Cleveland, and I remember about a year ago, I met Vitricia. We were headed, both of us were headed to our first ever CCDA national conference. This one was in Detroit in 2017, and we were on a bus full of people that she organized uh, to bring people from Cleveland to this conference in Detroit. I'll let her explain a little bit uh, more about what CCDA, the Christian Community Development Association, uh, what that organization is and does. But we were um, on this bus full of people that she organized. And I remember having a conversation with her for, you know, for people that had just gotten to know each other was incredibly thoughtful and deep. Uh, And that's kind of just how Patricia rolls. She gets right in there. Um, So she's incredibly thoughtful about uh, issues of race, of community development and equitable access to people in underserved neighborhoods. Um, So it's a real treat for me to have this conversation with her and and uh, provide it for you guys. On a more uh, professional note, she has served in a variety of organizations within the private nonprofit and faith-based community for over 20 years. She currently works as the manager of compliance and program development at the Cuyahoga Land Bank, which is a great, organization that was started in 2009 after the foreclosure crisis. Um, She has earned her BA in business administration. Uh, She moved on after that to receive her MA in public administration and nonprofit management from CSU, and now is currently on a journey of pursuing her doctorate in transformational leadership from Bakke Graduate University, which I know for a fact that she loves and loves uh talking and sharing about her experiences in that program um so thanks so much for listening guys and i hope you enjoy this interview with patricia hey patricia
1: hi how are you anthony
0: i'm well thanks so much for being on storied cities today
1: i am honored i'm excited you're honored a... yeah oh my gosh we only have like <laughs>
0: three episodes out so it's honored. Amazing. okay <laughs> yes. I'm glad you're the first person to say that. So yes. thank you. Um, so I've known you for not that long, mm-hmm. uh, about a year now almost. Mm-hmm. And I've seen you kind of, you talk about like uh, the aftermath of a transformation in some ways of like engaging. Well, I've experienced you in the aftermath of that transformation that is, but you talk about this transformation you went through that kind of relates to your faith also relates to community development And I don't know if I've actually ever heard you, uh, tell that story. Um, so I'm, I'm curious what was, um, kind of this realization, this revelation, this process, um, that I've heard you refer to, but, uh, that, that kind of changed you and changed the, uh, your focus and vocation and a lot of those things.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I'm laughing as you say the aftermath <laughs> of the transformation. <laughs> I'm like I'm going through. You're going through, okay. And it is a lifelong. I've just settled in to accept that <laughs> you know it's a lifelong transformation totally. process. But yeah, I got to a point that a lot was going on mm-hmm. in our nation, our city, and I, as what I might have felt like a somewhat mature Christian, really felt like I didn't have a good response mm. for it other than God is good and he <laughs> loves you and me. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, like right. I didn't have anything of depth, anything that I felt like I could bring to someone that maybe yeah. was wavering in their faith or hmm. who felt like where is the church hmm. you know and so to be more specific things such as um the the escalation of or at least the hmm. <laughs> revelation of the police shootings hmm. um that we were seeing and the response that people were having in the streets around the country like for me I always say I didn't live through civil rights. I saw movies and videos and books, but to turn on my television and see masses of people marching, to see gas grenades being thrown, to mm. see the just the confrontation that was happening in the street, mm. you know, that seemed just, I, I just didn't have words for the racial tension that was going on, you know, and in many ways still is going on but it was just just so apparent and being talked about and then right here in Cleveland we had shootings happening um, just innocent babies were being killed and you know maybe it's been going on and I just wasn't awakened to it but for whatever reason all of this was just culminating for me and I felt like I'm going to church on Sunday. I love the Lord. I love to worship, but I didn't see where to take from Noel Castellanos book where the cross was meeting the street. You mm. know, I was just like, you you know, I went to church and we didn't talk about the shooting. Um, you know, we didn't talk about the riots going on and the marching. We may have made mention to the family who lost their child by a straight bullet but there was really you know it's just and I thought you know I believe we we just serve a God that speaks to all of this Hmm. and maybe it's just the case that I've not really asked him so I feel like I went into a season where I had to turn off the Facebook, turn off the Twitter feeds, turn off CNN, turn off conversations with other people and their opinions, and just enter into a place with God um, because I feel like my heart was crying. I, I really, I describe it as I felt like I was suffocating, mm-hmm. drowning even, mm-hmm. under the realization of racial uh, disparity. I think I was dealing with trying to answer for myself you know maybe gradually for my children why you know for me as an african-american woman too why am i riding the bus or through very impoverished neighborhoods or riding through and it's a lot of black people (laughs) like you know um and I had even just quickly, and it doesn't take long for anyone who's interested to just look on Google and like put like racial disparity and bam, like it comes at you any way you want it. Mm -hmm. You want it in percentages, Mm -hmm. you want a a pie chart, you want bubble graph, you know, (laughs) whatever it is you want, (laughs) you're going to see all this like disparity in, in, in all things, education, job, employment, income, you know, the prison rates, you know, and I'm just like, oh my goodness, you know, what, and so I had people around me who were responding like more um, separatism, Mm. like, you know, animosity towards white people, we don't need, you know, to interact with white people, Um, just very ethnocentric Mm. responses. And so that added to the pot of confusion. I mean, everything that I'm saying as a mature Christian, I'm like, whoa, Someone who doesn't even have kind of a rooted basis, they're in trouble because mm-hmm. I know I love the Lord and I don't have an answer right now. So um, now looking back, I would say that by the grace of God, I was able to go into what I call that Jeremiah 33, three, you know, where he says, call unto me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things that mm-hmm. you know not of. Mm-hmm. And so that's really what I did. I just begin to say, you know what does the, the, the word say about this? and uh, that that just began a journey for me to look at um you know just what did the Bible say about um racial reconciliation um Is there anything the church really could be doing about uh communities in concentrated poverty and mm. you know things like that and and so that started the journey for me, and thankfully. Um, I feel like God did what he said he would do. Hmm. He did begin to answer me and I started being exposed to some uh books. There's one book by um Tony Evans called Oneness Embraced. Uh, that was really the first book I read along that line, just very intentionally searching hungry, like please speak to me, Lord. And then I'll never forget one morning and I just I just went to Chicago hmm. um for a Christian community development week of immersion. And, um, was able to go to a community called Lawndale in Mm -hmm. Chicago where they've been doing Christian community development for 30 years. Wow. And, um, I looked at my phone when I was there and I, and I saw where I sent myself an email on January 18th, 2016. Mm -hmm. It turned out it was Martin Luther King day. Oh, wow. Um, and that was the day I felt like I was led to get up that morning. It seemed like such a quiet morning. I have two young children. So I was like, what kind of morning was this? <laughs> uh, but I got up and I really this was on my heart and I just felt so led to the Lord to go and search something. I don't know what exactly I put in the search engine, but it was something around the church and uh, inner city or something and lo and behold i felt like the lord showed gradually led me on a path that morning to introduce me to the um christian community development association mm. and i was just like whoa like people are talking about this or like this is a thing mm. like the church in a community where the cross meets the street
0: that's so good i uh am curious to going back a little bit into what you said about racial disparities, some of the things that were coming up, and you're like, uh, it seems like the church doesn't really have much to say about this. Mm -hmm. Um, But then you found CCDA and realized, wow, some Mm -hmm. people are talking about this. But I'm curious what um, some of those revelations meant to you personally, Mm -hmm. like as an African American woman, um, realizing like, oh, wow, that is not only are, are is there still racism, it seems like there is an element of that that mm-hmm. was an awakening too, mm-hmm. um, but also that it matters to God, that it matters to the church. Um, that tagged along with just like uh, disinvested communities. You know, mm-hmm. what did, what did that revelation mean to you personally?
1: Well, it was amazing because it gave me direction. You know, how you encounter things like what you mentioned, like, yeah. wow, like... Man, you know, I had the sunken to have feeling like, mm-hmm. you know, there, there are just a lot of black people for me. You know, I'm sure it's other, you know, cultures and races. You know, Latino, all mm-hmm. kind of things. But for me, it's just like there are a lot of black people struggling. Like I hate to see this, mm-hmm. you know, and it was sad to me and you know i've heard the concert people say they they use it in the terms of children a lot they don't have a grid for something mm-hmm. so i was just like where do i put this and so i saw a lot of people putting that in a place of bitterness anger um some empowered some people became more empowered like you know i need to do more for my community you know we need to band together um, you know, as black people, no one else is going to invest in us, mm. you know? Uh, and I was just felt like I was kind of on the sideline watching like, mm. okay, how everyone is responding. Mm. And I wanted to say, Lord, how should I respond? Mm. Cause I, I do feel saddened, you know, I, I do feel frustrated about, um, you know, how you go through school, you learn about, American history and a little bit about black history but you don't really until you're an adult and you understand what it means to make it in life and understand what oppression can really be and Mm. the horrible unfortunate start that a lot of African Americans have gotten in this country and it's just it was it was a lot but at the moment even if I don't understand I don't know how I don't feel like it all of that gets trumped by what does the lord my king want Hmm. so that first kind of aligned my allegiance to i want to chase after the heart of the king Mm is i think i don't know if you heard Mm -hmm. me talk about that Mm -hmm. first and foremost i am redeemed you know and called and grafted into the family of christ and that's first you know and and my connection and allegiance to Christ is what needs to drive me. So that was the first thing. And then getting more in the word, I saw where, you know, we're called to forgiveness. We're mm-hmm. called to love. You don't have to understand everything, agree with everything. It, it's Life is not going to be a tit for tat, no. you know. Um, so and that's part of the miracle of Christ and redemption. He sees all, he knows all. You know, so it's not the world's not going to know that Jesus Christ was sent because of our beautiful buildings mm-hmm. or because of how lovely anyone sings or the great program. The fact that even you and I mm-hmm. are we love each other, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and that there forgiveness is a miracle. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness is a miracle. So that can be forgiveness in a real relationship where someone just clearly hurt you, but it can also be generational forgiveness. It mm-hmm. can be, you know, historical forgiveness, you know, and I and I think everyone has a role to play.
0: Yeah. That's so good. And I my mind goes to like, I mean, as a white male, um I read African American authors who have that bitterness you talk mm-hmm. about or have that um just kind of anger, mm-hmm. um, towards white people in general. And I feel like I, even as what you're saying is powerful, but as a white male, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It does make sense. Um, but to have an African American woman say what you just said is extremely powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, yeah. And it's those great. things
1: you understand, you know, you listen mm-hmm. and you understand where yeah people come from, it, but it, at you know, and it all depends on where a person's foundation and what they're rooted in mm. is what what are they gonna do with that experience
0: yeah right so in the neighborhoods you're engaged in on the east side of Cleveland, um what are some of the uh specific challenges that you've seen or um, just a the disinvestment there uh the difficulty there what are what are some of the things that you've experienced and you've um witness just being in relationship with people,
1: anyone like right now, we could just Google certain communities and neighborhoods and we we will get the stats and mm-hmm. we'll see the crime rates, the education, the income levels, you know, whatever we can see all of that. But, you know, as a believer, I think we're called to be able to look beyond. And so the challenges that I see beyond just what's on the paper are, you know, there's spiritual, um, you know, depths that I'm learning about, you know, uh, one of the books in my doctoral studies that has been very valuable to me has been um, City of God, City of Satan. I believe that is by... Mm, can't think of the gentleman's name, but Mm. he talks about how there's different uh, principalities and strongholds. As we know, the word says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and rulers and all this kind of stuff. So, you know, and it also says elsewhere in the word that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Mm. So the, those who don't understand things like that can easily just go in and look at the statistics and figure out, you know, the needs. Mm. But you know, the Lord has called us to take a step back and go into more like just of a place of prayer and try to begin to understand some of the strongholds that have, have been allowed. I'll say that Mm -hmm. because, um, the Lord has told us he's given us authority. So where we haven't taken it, we've allowed authority to be taken by, you know, other things. So where There has been, um, you know, allowance of certain, you know, spirits of poverty and, um, just hopelessness. Um, and then I think that there's a a level of challenge that to me is in relation to the church. And that is, um, I I say, you know, a lot of this I'm learning. So, Mm -hmm. um, I say that we've often as the church followed the course of the world, and so what I mean by that is we've we commute sometimes to and from these areas or we pass through um and by not really being present and oftentimes having moved out of the communities um we've become a bit um apathetic and you know just really to some degree I don't know if I'm going to say ignorant too but whatever you're not really exposed to, I mean you have a general understanding because oftentimes especially in the African American community you came from the community mm-hmm. so I don't I'm not saying people don't know the types of things that go on there but you don't know John and Sally mm-hmm. and you know that
0: proximity bears Or begets some kind of understanding that you can't get otherwise. Right. And present understanding. You know, Mm -hmm. there was
1: an understanding for you you, you and maybe you were there, but now, you know, you can't necessarily relate that exact understanding to what's happening now. So I think that is a challenge in communities that there is so much disinvestment and I'm not just talking infrastructure wise. Um, And just in terms of loving the community, knowing the community being present in the community, Um, and valuing this space as a place that God loves, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, So I I think that that is the challenge. So what comes with that is, um, you know, a low identity sometimes because even in my profession, in my career right now, you know, I sit at tables and rooms where, you know, and I think people try not to just say the bad communities, But in essence, that's what they're saying, you know, where, you know, they may use words like, you know, where the market hasn't returned or um, marginalized communities, you know. So when you have these tags on you, um, it it affects the identity of people there Mm -hmm. and of people not there.
0: Totally. I think that's super important and I mean I'm curious how even because we're talking about narrative in some ways the narrative like the stories we tell about these places that we have all these words for disinvested marginalized low income whatever right and how in your own story how has that narrative shifted mm-hmm. maybe like what what does that look like from maybe you looked at it this way maybe similar or you know, different than what you just suggested, but how do you see those communities now? What's the narrative you want to uh, promote and propagate Mm -hmm. um, in the lives of people living in those communities? Mm -hmm.
1: So I think the narrative starts with what's in your heart, in your mind. Uh, Sometimes how it comes out requires some wisdom as to where you are Mm. and what is it you're trying to do. So, um, I think oftentimes to just kind of get people there, you know, I I've taken on the terminology that I've heard C C D A use a lot is under-resourced communities. Um, but I think the narrative of the harm for me has definitely changed from when I grew up. I mean, I grew up suburb in okay. the suburbs. Uh, the story of my family is not different than many people. Um, it's just because my mom was the eldest in her sibling line you know it may have contributed to the fact we were like the first family to move into a suburban community all of my family lived in cleveland so we were the first to move into the suburbs and for me i went to preschool in the suburbs Mm -hmm. you know um and part of my story which is so hilarious i say god has a sense of humor i lived in the suburb all the way to 10th grade and transferred Um, to Cleveland Public Schools in 11th grade. Mm. And I just
0: thought... That's right. North Collinwood. Yeah, Yeah. Collinwood High School.
1: I I know my parents were like, you know, one of the big reasons we moved so that you could, you know, now you're going back. You know, of course, I didn't have all this narrative at the time, but I can reflect back on how my heart shifted Hmm. because I feel like it was ugly, honestly. My heart was ugly towards the inner city. Hmm. Um, I felt... I I wouldn't have been able to say this then, but looking back, I felt prideful. I felt better than, um, even as a young high schooler, I just remember and just feeling in my mind, I will never live in Cleveland and just saying that was such, just a disdain, um, that this is, um, dirty. It's nasty. Hmm. It's ugly. Um, and I don't want to associate with anything like that, you know, and again never would have articulated it that way but mm-hmm. looking back i know that was what was in my heart yeah and so now and i think i'm still just in process to appreciate the beauty in in a place and to you know i heard someone recently say don't look at a person as you see them look at them as god sees them mm-hmm. you know and so training my eyes and then my mouth, thus the narrative, to reflect a different look at the city, at mm. communities that are challenged, is something that I'm working on. Mm-hmm. And Which is
0: another way of saying, kind of, being able to see the potential and not just yeah. the liability. Right, absolutely. Right.
1: It's the um. issue of the heart, um, and it also reflects a lot of um, fear, self preservation um and in some ways um you know just you know and for this is for me <laughs> <laughs> uh the journey maybe for other people right? <laughs> <laughs> the journey of recognizing places of idolatry um That can so subtly be a part of our culture of attainment Mm -hmm. and my lifestyle needs to look like this and be like this and Mm -hmm. it means this and that. Mm -hmm. And this is what I've found comfort in because comfort is something that is learned or that is acquired, you know. And so, you know, I'm at a place where because of my experience in life, I am more comfortable in a nice kind of more plush situation, you mm-hmm. know, yeah, <laughs> um, you know, um, but I feel like I'm being challenged and, and, and I say that from my living quarters to the church I would go to, like, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, you know, just from my own experience, I'm, I'm over pews, you know, like yeah. hard pews, dirty pews, you know, bathrooms that are not <laughs> well, yeah. you know, renovated and manicured, like all of that challenges me. But the Lord is like, so what's up? Like, so you can't worship? Like, what's up? You know, you, you, you know, <laughs> air conditioning, you know, yeah. all that is like a prerequisite to preparation yeah. for worship, you yeah, know? Right. And the Lord is challenging all of that.
0: Wow. That's so good. I love it. I love just going on a rant Glad on pews. We it. could just talk. <laughs> well, it's challenging for me too. It's yeah. great. I love the description of plush. I, I resonate with that. it's mm-hmm. um, good. So, I was, um, you said something about, well, you talked about like how you talk about, uh, people's neighborhood with residents, how you talk about their neighborhood with them and what that looks like. And, um, you know, I think when we talk about community development in some ways and Christian community development specifically, we're not talking about making, um, whatever the tagline is. You want to use low income neighborhoods, marginalized neighborhoods, uh, middle class. Mm hmm. You know, and um, so I'm speaking to that. Like, I'm curious if you could outline for us, like, what is Christian community development in mm-hmm. in philosophy and practice, and and what does it mean if we're not just trying to kind of, like you said, um, not just uh, kind of focus on the infrastructure, creating a solid infrastructure that may mirror another neighborhood or town or whatever Mm -hmm. um, what does it mean in philosophy and practice i know that's a big question but Mm -hmm. um
1: yeah i would say words that were coming to my mind as i was listening to you are dignity hmm. um whatever it is we're hoping to do in a community being intentional about doing it in a way that does not um, you know, lower the dignity of those people we're engaging. Hmm. Um, and then I think, because one of the workshops that, um, one of the past workshops that we did, I really appreciated someone out there hmm. wrote a question on the feedback form, what is the difference between community development and Christian community development? Hmm. And I loved that question. That's great. And I felt like if we were in an open forum, I would have did my best to answer the question, but it was cool that it was written. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to sit with that question for a while and Mm -hmm. kind of just take that before the Lord. Like, what say you, you know, (laughs) Um, I got some things I would say, but, you know, hey, why don't I ask the creator of the universe, Mm -hmm. you know? And um, one of the things just from that, and it's an ongoing dialogue I feel between me and the Lord. But one of the things that I've drawn so far from it is just a matter of the heart. You know, I think Christian community development is different from like city development, like the city of Cleveland has a community development department. Mm-hmm. So I could work in the community development department and do things that are considered community development and just go home and just do whatever I do. Like it, it's not tied. No one's going to ask me, like if you're my workmate, yeah. like um, there's no accountability regarding if I'm transforming out of a place of pride it's just this is your job you do it it is more transactional um, versus transformational and to me when I think of transformational it means Everything involved is changing. Everyone and everything involved is changing. Hmm. And I'm not coming in here to just bring change. I'm coming in here to be changed. Hmm. And so I am looking for what is the beauty in you? I'm recognizing you as a person who was created in the image of God who might have a message for me mm-hmm. who who might have something i can learn from and glean from and it's also the very um very much has to do with doing work with instead of to or for mm-hmm. so that's raising um you know your dignity to get your ideas to see how I can empower your ideas, not just coming in here and saying, this is what this community needs. And so, hi, everyone. You know, this is what we're getting ready to do. Mm-hmm. You can write your idea on a piece of paper that I'll never read, <laughs> but really going in and um, seeing what, under, humbly knowing that God's already doing something here. Yeah. How can I join him in what he's already doing? Um, and that mm-hmm. might look very different from anything I ever thought about so to Mm -hmm. me Christian community development is you know I have to say this it is infrastructure Mm -hmm. you know I think that that is a big leap for a lot of churches to understand (laughs) you know they you know my in the matter of fact the few churches that I've started to work with I challenge them to not call their ministry outreach call it community development Mm -hmm. team because when we think of outreach we're thinking and praise God for all of this I'm not throwing any shade at all because it's needed but the book bag giveaway the soup kitchen that is wonderful and Lord knows if your community needs that please do it I'm just saying that let's stretch ourselves to acquire Hmm. property to invest in infrastructure in a place Mm -hmm. to provide learning and training and opportunities that you would see at a community development corporation or coming out of a CD department department in a city, Mm -hmm. but it's just a different tone in which we're doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's much more ministry minded, biblically focused, Um, helping people to experience the presence and the goodness of God. So you're Mm -hmm. very intentional in that. Yeah. So that's what I would say.
0: Yeah. That's really good. So many things came to mind. One of them being just like, uh, the church doesn't need to be the hero of the story Mm -hmm. in many ways. And Mm -hmm. like I hear or any faith community for that matter. Mm -hmm. And there's this, um, I kind of, what I was hearing you say is a hallmark of Christian community development is mutuality Mm
1: -hmm. in many communities. Um, people who are sitting with dreams but Mm -hmm. they don't have an opportunity to like express those dreams so Mm -hmm. one of the ways that we come alongside them I think is to listen Mm -hmm. key word hear what's on their heart and say you know you're really excited about whatever it might be you know a football something Mm -hmm. what if we were able to (laughs) you know, work with you and those who would want to participate or coach this football or something and kind of mold this field or get uh, possession of this field or usage of this field, you know, and even in that, not even necessarily just come back and say, hey, this field's available, but say, would you, if it was a land bank field, Mm -hmm. would, do you want to come with me to a meeting at the land bank? Yeah. And talk to the people about, and, and because oftentimes we don't think that, think about the fact that people are often shut out of mm-hmm. processes and mm-hmm. organizations. Aren't given access. Right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Exactly. So that just takes a little bit more. It's easier, yeah. though, for me to just go in and maybe say... You know, Anthony, what would you like if I, if I'm, if I'm even to that point, yeah. but if I say, Anthony, what do you like? And you say, well, we like football and I'm just like, be right back, mm-hmm. you know, and the next thing, you it's know, set up. right. Yeah. Right. You know, how much opportunity did I miss in that? Mm-hmm. Not only for the person, but for mm-hmm. me, Yeah. because potentially working with Anthony might be a little bit of a challenge and a stretch. Mm-hmm. He might flow just a little bit different than we flow in the meeting at the corporate job. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah, for but sure. how much growth do I have in that?
0: Mhm. Yeah, and I think one of the going back to the narratives conversation is like so often powerless. Mm-hmm. Powerlessness mm-hmm. is a narrative that um, you know, we complain about because our welfare system mm-hmm. kind of sets up yep. um and uh kind of perpetuates yep. in some ways. Mm-hmm. But this is what it takes to affirm mm-hmm. people's powers. Yes. People's power to do, to create that football league or yep. to help renovate that house or to whatever, yes. start their own business. So that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious, how has what we just said, how what you just said, um, changed how you interact with the neighborhoods you're engaged in? Mm-hmm. What does that meant? Maybe you have a story or two or... Um, something. You're nodding your head in excitement. So yeah, I'm ready. You know,
1: so for me, I am learning how to just, you know, um, value the process of relationship building. Hmm. I mean, that's more important. Um, we recently just uh, did one of our final events for the summer, on kinsmen and i thought it went great it was the Mm -hmm. residents put it together with their ideas heritage day and i was just there to be a part my me and my family Mm -hmm. um and i just thought it was a great day it was a great day out i have plenty of pictures about it um and some of the residents were talking like oh you know next time we need to get more people out and you know and just which you know that's great but you know I, i was also just reminding them of no, you had a plan, mm-hmm. you planned it, you executed it. This was great, you know, and it's we are all relationship building. I'm mm-hmm. not the only one i mean we're they they want a relationship build with other residents who live there. Mm-hmm. We're all just it's a matter of consistency, um follow through mm-hmm. presence, you know, um, so I think that that has been something um and then and i might
0: add just to say like mm-hmm. that's so huge just mm-hmm. building a relationship and we say oh yeah that's that's great that's cool but it's so important because it rebuilds a social fabric that mm-hmm. may have decayed over the years mm-hmm. and yes. um that's important because then people not only become owners and mm-hmm. investors in their communities by building that relationship and knowing what's happening in other people's lives but also are accountable to one another. Yes. You don't want to be accountable to someone you don't know yes, um, or don't feel like you need to be. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, a that's very significant.
1: A, yeah. That's an excellent point.
0: So I know something uh, you really care about mm-hmm. and I've seen it. I've seen you in action mm-hmm. in this area the past year um, is just getting people, more people on board with the engagement we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and, Uh, you know, a lot of it is just resourcing people, helping, giving people opportunities to learn more and be exposed to more, um, even taking a busload of people to CCDA conference Mm -hmm. last year, this year. Um, so I mean, one, why is that so important to you? Mm -hmm. And then two, what would you offer to people listening to say, like, here are some things that, um, could be a good opportunity for you? Mm
1: Mm-hmm well i guess i'll dive into that with this you know, i feel like the lord gave me a a, a dance so,
0: <laughs> looking forward to this yeah
1: um i don't know that i will do the dance but it's so funny i met a a young woman who feels called to um this like dance ministry and i i shared what i'm going to share with you with her and she and i might really talk about it like really core, choreographing a piece that she can do with her dance company but the best way I can describe that the answer to that question, I think that's an illustrative way to do it. I feel like when I got introduced to the church, the the just the Christian church, not just, and not to say just, uh, not only the segment of John three sixteen, like you know, accept Jesus in your heart and be saved, like. But when I started seeing the function of the body of the church and started reading the scriptures and singing the songs and you were reading, you know, you were singing songs like, um, uh, today I was, I was, had this song, this song that, um, sings, uh, it says, um, you, uh, I, have seen you move mountains, you know, you can do it again. Um, that's the name of the song. Do it Mm -hmm. again. Um, You know, so we talk about God being a God who can move mountains. Nothing is too hard for him. And this this is how I was taught into who is this God. This is how I fell in love with God and then fell in love with his body, you know, that, you know, this is amazing in it, you know. Psalm 40 says, you know, I was in a miry, you know, I was, you took me out of the pit and mm-hmm. the miry clay and set my feet upon the rock and put a new song in my mouth and, you know, songs of joy and uh, that all might see and all this. And we hear all these stories of Goliath and, you know, just the, the early church. And this is what you're taught. Mm-hmm. You know, when you, mm-hmm. this is what I'm teaching my children. God yeah, yeah. is amazing. He's awesome. So I feel like on one, and and this cleaned me up, it gave me uh, self-esteem and confidence in life, wiped my tears, helped me. And so I felt like I was in this place of the church, getting all of this poured into me, honoring this God, learning that he's huge and amazing. And then as I grew up, it's like. I was like okay great you know and, and I would leave the place of the church or that bubble of church friends or whatever and then have to go out into the world you know and you encounter like big you know just for you know illustration's sake big scary mountains whether that is murder or poverty or discrimination you're like oh,
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and then you like kind of run you're and it's almost like you're like that kid who has a big brother mm. you know and you're like oh my goodness and you're like i gotta get out of here or you know i'm getting ready to call in my reinforcements <laughs> like yeah. you just wait right there because oh you know so you run back to the church and you're like hey guess what you know we all talked about how awesome God is like let's go out there you know like guess what I saw like I saw poverty I saw racial uh you know oppression I saw injustice we were just talking about how God is big and he can move a mountain come on everybody (laughs) let's go and you like kind of look back, and everybody's like, "We ain't going out there." You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and you're yeah, like, "But yeah. wait, we were just talking about." Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Uh, is, this, is this not relevant mm-hmm. out here? Let's mm-hmm. go. You're like, they're like, "Well, what we'll do is we'll go on the porch, and we will get a megaphone and tell all of, whoever out there wants to come in here, mm-hmm. they can come in here, but mm-hmm. we're not going out there." Mm-hmm. You know, and so. I think that I call that an identity crisis Mm -hmm. that we don't know that that great God that we're worshiping, we're snotting and crying. We're saying all this stuff that he's big and bad and amazing. Let's go do it. Mm -hmm. There's no other force Like the force of the church. Mm. You know, even in my time where I was like confused about the church, like what is going on? I think God took me through a process of falling back in love with the church. Like Mm. over the years, what institution or group has done as much as the church has done across the world, Mm. has outlived persecution and anything you know the church is a powerful force in the earth that that i firmly believe if harnessed well we can break the back of poverty Mm -hmm. in that and i call in all realms because Mm -hmm. there's relational poverty Mm -hmm. there's poverty of self there's poverty of resource you know materials we have If we can't do it, Anthony, we might as well just all go get in a room and wait for Jesus to come. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, I mean, we're the people that believe that Jesus Christ died and rose from the grave, Mm -hmm. ascended to heaven just crazy stuff that Mm -hmm. people call us crazy for. Like, oh, you guys believe that? Hmm." Yeah. Okay. So, if we can't do that, equipped with all the things that the Word of God says, I mean, when you read the Word of God, I mean, He says, I've given you authority to tread over serpents and scorpions. Nothing by any means harm you. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at Psalm 91. No evil shall befall you. A thousand shall fall by your side. Ten thousand at your right hand. But it shall not come near you. It that you put on the full armor of God all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so to me the at this point I always say ask me in 10 20 years mm-hmm. hopefully mm-hmm. I'm singing the same song but um to me I I've taken the approach that we just need exposure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we need exposure to the practical implementation of what we're reading in the word of God. Mm. We need exposure, we need a lot of prayer that will yield repentance where we've not looked to God, where we've not believed him, you know? And I think that's what happens with a lot of our younger people They go out into the world. They've been a lot of people raised in the church and then they go out there and they do like that illustration I just showed you. Mm -hmm. Come on, church, let's Mm -hmm. go. And they're like, we're not going. Mm -hmm. And so they go look somewhere else Mm -hmm. who say, oh, I'll go, Mm -hmm. you know, um, whatever that might be, some false doctrine or some other movement. Mm-hmm. a spirituality of some kind that's all about justice and, you know, different things because the church oftentimes won't go. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think a big part of my calling is to I say equip, um, connect in, in the right way in time, by the grace of God, challenge mm-hmm. the church to say, you know, come on, let's go mm-hmm. occupy the land. Mm-hmm. You know, let's. I mean, if we can't do it, who can? Yeah. The Bible says. I mean, just take. I mean, so many scriptures. Just take the scripture. Love conquers all. Mm -hmm. What is all? Does Mm -hmm. does all stop at the door of material poverty? Does all stop at the door of racial division, discomfort, oppression, uh, white supremacy, um, whatever it is, criminal mindedness, mental health issues. Does it all stop at any of these things?
0: Yeah. I mean, no. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: you know, that's just, I you know, like I said, I pray in 10 or 20 years. I'll sing the same song. But the Lord, I feel he told me when I was like, man, what's up with this church, Lord? Yeah. He said, you know, I'm coming back for the church, the mm-hmm. glorious bride. And um, you don't have a right to dismiss it. Um, if anything, you need to figure out a way to work with it. Love it like I love it mm-hmm. and be the best you can be mm-hmm. with it. Yeah. And you because this. It's the tool that I've chosen to use to expose my goodness, even in the midst of its, you know, fallibility, you mm-hmm. know, and failure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think that's excellent. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And, I th- you know, the only thing I'd add to that really is like not only um, do we find all those challenges out in the world that you mentioned mm-hmm. kind of as that big brother of those mountains, but we also find God there. Yes. You know what yes. I mean? And I think that's yes. the, absolutely that's the dignifying element mm-hmm. kind of underneath all of it in some ways is yes. like we see God in face of the other.
1: Yes. Um, yes. You know, and and sometimes we miss out and yeah. we, we miss them in that. So I just, it's my prayer, Anthony, that, in the coming years um that through i'm very thankful for what i feel is a gift of ccda Mm -hmm. so when you talk about what people could do Mm -hmm. um depending on you know when this is broadcasting but something is always next Mm -hmm. so um but i would say engage with ccda Mm -hmm. at some level i mean you may not become the ccda guru but Mm -hmm. they offer a lot of resources they offer listening opportunities on their website a lot of books um and we are starting a local ccda network so just come and hang out Mm -hmm. and meet some people who are finding you know we're wayfinding Mm -hmm. you know we don't really know the way but we want to get to know each other we want to Explore, you know, how far in discomfort can we go, mm-hmm. little by little. Um, that's an opportunity, and then, you know, through those things, we have local workshops. Um, there's many uh, we like to use the term on ramps, you know. Sometimes, and not sometimes, all the time, it should hopefully start with prayer. Just mm-hmm. beginning to pray, like. Lord, speak to me about this. Hmm. You know, I, I heard about this and that. And thank God we serve a living God. <laughs> you know, it's not like just crickets, like, cause mm-hmm. he's dead. You know, we serve a living God, um, and I can attest to that. That hmm. was my experience when I was like, okay, Lord, I'm going under real quick. Like, I know you're great and wonderful. Can you please speak to me? And I feel like he has shown me great and mighty things that I knew not of. I knew not of CCDA. I knew not of uh, BGU. um, And then I knew not of all the wonderful people I'm building relationships with who through each one I get a little piece of God.
0: Hmm. Patricia, thanks so much mm. for being on the show today
1: yeah it's been awesome i've really
0: enjoyed our conversation <laughs> so thanks
1: so you can work on a dance now. yeah that's
0: right <laughs> i guess i gotta learn this dance so we'll do that after we stop recording yes all right thanks so much all righty Guys, thanks so much for listening to Storied Cities and my conversation with Patricia. I hope you enjoyed it, gleaned something from it. If you want to reach out to her, have some questions or thoughts, her info will be in the show notes as well as any resources or anything like that we mentioned in the show. Um, Hey, I just want to let you guys know that we're going to be coming out with one more podcast to end season one in two weeks. But then after that, we're going to take a break in the month of December and then we'll come back uh, fresh in the new year. So don't expect a podcast from Storied Cities in uh, December, but we'll, we'll come hit the ground running again uh, in January. So if you have any constructive criticism uh, or thoughts or feedback, head to storiedcitiespodcast.com, scroll down on the contact page and uh, drop us a line there. If you've got some form of encouragement, head to iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, rate and review. That'd be great. Uh, we'll see you guys again in two weeks. Thanks so much.